Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. It's our show. We've got another case study Sunday and we are so pleased to be joined by Tessa all the way from Dunedin to talk to us about her property portfolio and how she's grown it. Tessa, welcome along to the show. Hi, thank you. Good to be on here. And I know that your husband, Adam, wasn't able to make it, but he is with us in spirit. And I'm sure we'll hear all about your guys' journey together. Now, you guys purchased your first home really young, like 22, 24. Tell us the story about how that happened. So Adam and I have been together for a very long time. So we were together when I was 17 at high school and he was 19 and an apprentice at the time. So there was a lot of time for us to get to know each other and then kind of know what our life goals were, which just happened to align. So yeah, I guess that was our benefits there that we were just, yeah, it wasn't going into anything blind. We had a lot of time to yeah know each other and understand what we wanted. So yeah, that's us. And when you guys five years later decided, hey, let's buy a property together, did you have equal savings or did you have different amounts of savings? Adam had his KiwiSaver that was like had, that had been putting towards for quite some time. Yes. For me, I, I did have some savings. My parents are very hard workers. They made me and my siblings work for them at their shop from a very young age. So I was working when I was at intermediate. So I had saved a fair bit by then. Adam had more from his KiwiSaver, but um, I had a significant, or not significant, um, we're going to say like 15000 towards the deposit, and then he had more through his KiwiSaver. Now, let me just dig into that because I'm looking for some parenting tips here. <laughs> so so you were working at the shop. Did your parents let you spend any of the money they were paying you? Like, I feel like I grew up with nothing. Like, <laughs> they were very, like, if I wanted something, I would pretty much have to put my case for to them and then they would decide whether I could have it or not. I feel like it wasn't like we were working and then getting that money in our bank account. I was kind of like, it was just a thing. It was just like you wake up if it's like the weekend and you go to the shop and you start working. Like it wasn't, yeah, you, I, don't, I don't feel like there was many transactions that came along, but in the background they were putting money away for us. Ed, I just want to be clear. Do you want parenting advice or child slave labour advice? It sounds like. Well, is there still a youth minimum wage or did they get I rid of know. that? I don't know. I actually don't know. Maybe it doesn't apply if it's with family. And so obviously you'd, you'd scraped together this deposit. What did you decide to buy? So initially we had actually planned on me finishing uni and then going across the ditch to Australia. So that was always our plan. Uh, we were wanting to do the whole, like make lots of money, like looked into like fly and fly out kind of thing. But we really wanted to buy a house first while we we're still here. So we found our first house, but it was always going to be a rental. What was it that made you want to buy a house? It's just always a goal of ours. Like, I, it didn't matter when. It was just kind of like, I don't know, one property was all we were aiming towards. We were into property as such, but we just wanted to get a home and just have it sitting there. And so you said that you wanted to turn this into a rental property. So you purchased this property. Then what happened next in your journey? So yeah, the whole plan was just to get it and then rent it out, but we just couldn't help ourselves. We just had to move in. Like we, we were too excited. <laughs> and we moved in, we did a little bit of renovating and then we got some flatmates in to help us pay for all our expenses. So it took a turn when um, we just kept, we lived there and then Adam ended up having the opportunity to work for himself, contracting. And then he ended up being on really good money without having to leave the country. And I was working full-time as well. So there was no need for us to shift anymore. 
leave the country at least because Adam's kind of the nature of the role is he finds the contracts around New Zealand and then he goes to the work. So the way it worked is because he was doing some contracting work, he made much more money than he would in a normal salary job and so you didn't have to go over the ditch. But one of the things there is I know that you guys had to move away from Dunedin and ended up saving another deposit. So how long did it take you to save up a whole other deposit for your next property? So that kind of happened while we were in our first home. So Adam moved away to Invercargo just for his project. I stayed at home in, in our house with our flatmates. And so I was a student before we moved into the house and then Adam was an apprentice. So we went from having basically a 1.5 rubber income to a really good overall income. So I was I was on a full-time wage. I was able to cover everything at home. He was boarding in Invercargo and making a decent amount of money. So just then alone gave us enough of a deposit to buy a new home. And what did you buy next? So we went for a, another property in Dunedin, but it kind of, it, it was always going to be a rental, but it had the potential to be a family home down the track. We didn't have kids at the time, but we thought it's in a great area, close to the local school. Yeah, it was like, if we ever come back and we needed a house to live in, this would be it. So it was another Dunedin one. And at this point, how old are you? You've got two rental properties. Your boyfriend or hu- maybe husband at the time's in Invercargill. You're working in Dunedin. What sort of age are you at this time? So I would have been 24 and 26. Really young, which is awesome. Yeah. And what's happened in your journey since then? Have you carried on growing your portfolio? Yeah, well, I kind of made a stop there. Like We didn't do anything for a long time. We had two kids. We had a wedding. We went on like an overseas trip on off for a holiday. So we kind of, we prioritise things differently. Like it wasn't all about properties and just saving money. Like when you have kids, your, your priorities definitely change. So we've had, yeah, we, we had our first child in 2017 and just carried on as we were. Like Adam continued to contract. I get on maternity leave for the year and then went back to work afterwards. And it wasn't until we had our second child in 2019 when they started to pick up again. It wasn't like the goal. It was just, it just happened. So I spent a lot of time on my phone in 2020 <laughs> when I was on maternity leave and my boy didn't do a lot of sleeping. <laughs> and we just, we just happened to come across a listing on Instagram of all places. I still don't know how it got into my feed, but it was just a house that was for sale in Christchurch. It was just after the first lockdown. So it was a really funny period where there was lots of unknowns and people just I guess I was just a bit scared and the house that we saw was in Sprayden in Christchurch and the vendors had actually been mucked around in the past so the previous buyers put an offer through but for some reason the sale fell through so the price was really really good and it almost seemed too good to be true yeah I looked at the house and I became very excited on it our overall goals was to buy more property and we had no cash at the time we had equity and I just pitched the idea, this looks like a really good buy. Like, what do you think? And you basically said, if you go get a bank to go shortly, then go for it. So that was my little project. To keep you healthy. Do you know what's funny? I tend to hear that a bit in these case study Sundays, that one of the partners was scrolling through it. It does tend to sometimes be a recent mum. You know, the baby's yeah. crying, you're scrolling through Trade Me. <laughs> and then this is probably the second or third time I've heard that, that she goes, oh, I want to buy this property. And I think it's wonderful. Great, a great, <laughs> a great push present. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you, yeah, you just, you just have that time, but not like 
it's not like a time that you can go and do something. Like it's just yes. time that you can like, put your baby to bed. <laughs> so that's how we got into the the Christchurch market. Just fine luck. Still don't know how that how that popped into my feed, but yeah, here we are. And so buying in Christchurch, so was it sight unseen? Was it, or did you go to Christchurch and have a look at it? We were in the car go at the time, and I we had two children, so I didn't know what I was going to do to yeah. Christchurch. I got my dad to go. <laughs> Kind of sight unseen, but my dad looked it on that behalf. And I think there's a really good lesson in there as well, Andrew, that you guys were able to get two investment properties before you guys had kids. And then obviously yeah. when kids come along, your expenses go up, often your income goes down, and buying investment properties becomes a bit harder. It becomes harder to get the banks to say yes. So the fact that you guys were able to pick two properties up, you know, once your income goes down, your expenses go up, they don't take those mortgages away from you that you've already got. Once you've got a mortgage, you've already got it. So I think it's awesome that you guys picked them up before you had kids because it does become that much harder when you are in the throes of, of things like maternity leave and trying to raise, raise a young one. Yeah. So now you're about mid-30s, is that right? I'm 32 and, and I'm 35, so yeah, he's mid-30s. And so you've got the two Dunedin properties and one or two Christchurch properties? Two in Christchurch. So oh, basically can- after. So that first one we got in Christchurch, I kind of got a taste for it. And I was like, that was like way, not way too easy, but like <laughs> that was, I'm going to test my limits. I'm going to keep going. And so we got another wee um, unit in Christchurch as well in Hunhei. That's awesome. And so the banking side of things, obviously when the interest rates were a lot lower post-COVID, it was probably yeah. a bit easier from a servicing perspective. But as you're growing a portfolio, I know one of the challenges a lot of investors face nowadays is being able to get the lending that they need. You guys have done this pretty aggressively. Well, I, I suppose it's over actually a, a wee bit of time. You just started early. But have you had any challenges from the banking side of things? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, We are topping up pretty much all our mortgages at the moment. That's just a sacrifice that we're making at the moment. Like We have thought about selling our properties, but they've all got potential. So one of the Christchurch ones that we got has potential to be eventually built into townhouses, so we don't want to let go of that. And then the other one we've got in Christchurch is, it's like, it's still within the five-year bright light, so if we sell it, it would essentially not be any better off. And then speaking of top-ups, obviously when the government made the changes to the tax rules, how did that impact you? How did you feel about that? Yeah, so that was really frustrating for us. We were so unsure of what to do. We we just got in ahead and we were able to, you know, like generate a little bit of income from our properties. Not like heaps, but enough to, you know, just be like, yes, it's working. But then, yeah, so when they brought into those tax rules, we, yeah, we were very, we were very deflated. Yeah, it's pretty hard when you put aside your own wants now so that you can build wealth for the future and then, you know, you stick to the rules and then the rules get changed on you and it really impacts you. Yeah. And the other good lesson in here is you're really you're really young, Tess. Like, 32, owning four rental properties. Do you have your own home as well? Yeah, so we're actually living in that second home that we bought in Dunedin, the one that's near the good schools because we've got a child at school now. We're in that one and then, yeah, two in Christchurch. So One in Dunedin. So four properties in total at 32 and 34, Adam currently is. That is really good. And I think so many Kiwis listening to this will be like, that's awesome. Four properties at 32, 34, you guys are doing really well. But it's a bit like one of our recent case study Sundays with the, the people who had just bought the supermarket as well. You know, it took 10 years for that to happen. 
It took you guys purchasing the first property at 22, working hard, your partner in Invercargill while you're in Dunedin, which is about a, a two, two how, how, how long is that? About a four-hour drive these days, is it? Uh, two and a half, not too much. Two and a half hour drive. Oh, but long enough. Well, yeah. <laughs> you got to back me up on the story. I'm trying to say <laughs> some good things. <laughs> Plenty of time to listen to podcasts. <laughs> but it's it would be so easy to say, oh, these guys have got it so good, four properties at 32 and 34, but it took 10 years for that to happen. And, you know, some people would say, oh, well, I can only buy four properties in 10 years. Maybe I'll never start. And I think it's just awesome that you guys actually have gone and done it. And now over the next 10 years, you're going to be able to build so much more. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> and so how would you say your life has changed from investing in property? I mean, what, what's investing in property done for you? I think it's just future-proofed us, really. So we're not really reining in any benefits at the moment. Like, it's pretty tough at the moment with the children and just the interest rates. But we just, we're just hanging on to it knowing that we will be able to retire and not worry about money. So that's the main thing is just financial freedom down the track. Like, we don't want to be relying on the superannuation scheme for our retirement. We want to be able to actually go and do things and travel and support our children where they need us. What's your advice for other listeners of the show listening to your case study Sunday? I would just say start as young young as you can and before you have kids if possible and make your first property a rental. Like just don't get fixated on houses and don't get emotionally attached to them. Yeah, that's what I would I would suggest. And yeah, just do it while you're young and do as do as much many times as you can while you're young and before you have children. Great advice. Do you know what? It's basically exactly what, what we did, yeah. Andrew. Start as young as possible, turn it into a rental, do it before you have kids. Hey, thanks so much for being on the show, Tess. We really appreciate it. And for anybody else out there, one thing that's really cool about Tess coming on is she said, look, I've listened to your other case study Sundays and I've got all inspired by them. I want to help inspire some other people too. So if you're out there and you're, even if you think your story's not that interesting or not that good, coming on case study Sunday, sharing it with the rest of the, the community that can help inspire other people because there might be one or two things about your situation that is similar to somebody else and that could give them the nudge or the inspiration to say, that's it, I'm actually going to do something because if that person can, I can too. So thanks so much for coming on the show, Tess. For anybody else, if you want to come on Case Study Sunday, we want to have you on here. Either message us on Instagram, we're at opus underscore partners or just send me an email, editopuspartners.co.nz. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve Knight, And I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.